I woke up this morning to find that my email account had been hacked. And uh, suffice it to say, it's been a day-long process trying to dig out from under. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of October 27, 2010. We're in a state of panic, but not, not panic anymore. At this point, it's more dreary trying to recover from the hacking into your email account and I guess Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah. And what happens is they the Gmail and Facebook shut you down after that. So, And in the process of trying to help me through my um, recover some of the emails, the Apple people, as helpful as they were, have wiped out all my previous emails. So now any emails that are older than six 45 this morning, I no longer have access to. So it's been a very difficult day for you and not all that fun a day for me either. Uh, I guess the first question we should ask and answer is, what in the world does this have to do with subsistence farming? I would say not much, except that it points up the brittleness of our industrial age. where That's we're, right. We're yeah. so... Um, beholden to systems and so vulnerable to nasty people who take advantage of vulnerabilities. That's right. And, you know, we do so much work with the internet and, I, I, you know, farmers do too. I mean, we, we rely on it for information and ordering seeds and that kind of thing. And anytime you give your, uh, you know, you have an email account or you give your credit card information to somebody, I mean, this is making me much more sensitive to the idea that um, you need to change your password often. Uh, it needs to be um, the security challenges that we face on the internet. So let's, find, let's first lay out what we know so far about what has happened. Well, you mean the email in particular? Yes, yes. Uh, someone claimed to be me in London uh, without money and needing my friends to apparently wire me some money so that I could, uh, my passport had been stolen, supposedly all my money, and I was in dire need. Uh, luckily, most of my friends that I've heard from today told me that that didn't sound much like me, <laughs> that I would, um, that certainly wouldn't be go, going and begging to all my friends for money. Um, but the other thing we know is that this happened early this morning, as I said, about 6.45 probably, uh, judging from my uh, Gmail activity, and that... Um, uh, one of my friends who actually uh, replied to the email found that the um, the individual or individuals asking them to wire money to a Western Union, um, you know, to, to wire money via Western Union to them. And told you it sounded like someone who used English as a second language. Yes, they, they used some incorrect grammar that just without elaborating, I would not use. And it has been fun, despite the angst and turmoil that has, it has caused for both of us, it has been an occasion for you to reconnect with some old friends. That's right. I've heard from a lot of people either via email, because I can get the emails that are coming in now. Um, so I'm hearing from people that way and also um, on the phone. So it's that's been good. 
and letters at longleafbreeze.com is unaffected by this. That's so good. Uh, yeah. those of you who are sending those, uh, there's no problem there. So what are you doing about it now? What are, what are the, the steps you're taking to remedy it? Well, right now I'm just trying to prove to the Google folks I am who I say I am, and I'm the Google origi- folks for Gmail. Yeah, for Gmail, that I am who I say I am, and that I that I uh, um, should be reconnected with my original Gmail account again, so I can reclaim the previous emails that have been sent and received. Um, Facebook, I would have loved to have gotten on that today, so I could put one of those status updates that hey, I've been hacked, you know, ignore this, friends, and and I couldn't even do that. Um, and I've answered a number of security questions for both Gmail and Facebook. And so far, no response from Facebook. And um, Gmail keeps narrowing it down, trying to get me. You know, because there's a lot of information that if I could give them, it'd be great. But I don't have that information. Um, Things so, like, when did you first start using Gmail? And Yeah. Uh, an interesting little piece of data that almost none of us have, I fear, is a verification code from Gmail. And if you're a Gmail user and you don't have your verification code, know that that's one of the things that Gmail is going to ask that you give them if you need to restore access to your account after you're hacked. Um, I don't have it for mine. So now I've got to go figure out how to reconstruct my verification code. And if you're new and you're thinking about beginning to use Gmail, you might, when they send you that email initially that gives you the verification code, write it down and put it someplace other than in your email because my email is gone, so that's not doing me any good. Write it, you know, put it someplace safe so that if you ever run into a situation like this, you can, can access it. So I guess that's one of the first things, moving on to our next topic of what we've learned from all of this. One of the first things we've learned is to uh, write things down in using old technology that you will need to reconstruct access. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and I think the th- thing, other thing I've learned is just this whole security thing of um, using more um, robust robust passwords, yes, and, and maybe different ones and changing them often and uh, using diff- varying them from one site to another. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big believer in changing passwords often. I know a lot of sites want you to do that, and I think that's actually a stupid thing to do because it me- when you change passwords often, then you're repeatedly writing things down, and when you write things down, it makes it more likely that you're going to forget something or that you're going to put it in a form where a bad person can get to it. So um, yeah. I think you ought to find a really strong password and use it for as much as you can. Yeah. But you've settled on another approach, which will be um, you're, you're going to keep them in a record on your hard drive, and then you can change from um, point to point. You're pointing out that we have a storm moving in here, so uh, we may have to take a moment to secure some right. windows may or something. may have to take a break. <laughs> it's... Uh, I don't know if we're still under, we were under tornado watch some yesterday. I think we are no longer under a tornado watch, but this is the most threatening the weather has appeared through, um, even though the tornado watch is lifted. That's right. But, but back to the, uh, you're right about the, um, uh, keeping the information on my hard drive and what I ordered today. Here's one more thing I learned. We've been talking about my backing up data and needing to do it. And the Apple, the guy at Apple care pointed out, 
it could be a whole lot worse. You could lose everything on your hard drive. But And I've not been backing it up. So I ordered today through him um, for 80 bucks and some change a backup, backup um, external, external hard, hard drive, drive that will easily interface with my Mac so I can, on a regular basis, um, back up everything. So I think that's all part and parcel of being secure through this kind of a, of a uh, crisis. And I have my own backup. I use Carbonite, which is a service for which I pay each year. I think I pay them $40 a year. And whenever I am online, my computer automatically connects to the Carbonite server and maintains a backup of all of my data. And then as an additional backstop, about once a month, I burn a DVD of all of my key data. So, right. And that's, um, a, that's a really good idea, yeah. too. So, well, let's talk about something more pleasant. We had yes, a baby shower. Do. Had a baby shower here at the farm. The Thank other day. you. I like more pleasant. Let's do talk about that. It was so much fun. It really was. Our cousin Molly Smith Klosky is expecting a little girl, and uh, we had a, a family baby shower for her, and uh, lots. And of that's a tradition within mm -hmm. the Robinson family. You that's get right. one free baby shower for you your first child. You don't that's get right. a baby shower for the second, third, or fourth kid, but you do get one for the first. Right. So, and I had wanted to do hers, and and we decided to tell everybody casual dress and come onto the farm, and uh, they all brought all the the um, women in the family brought some marvelous food for the occasion, as they always do. Um, and we and just, took as, home some marvelous yeah, food. Yes, so we all had, had that. And um, we, see, I fixed some mint tea, mint sweet tea, and it was actually Milo's, and had water and coffee. Um, but my point is they were able to leave with some treasures from Veg Hill. Oh, yes, that's true. I took the, the ones who were willing and able after the shower was over we took them out on a little tour of the of Veg Hill, and uh, we did have some nice ripe items out there. They, they were, a couple of them took a winter squash or maybe even a zucchini and some banana peppers and some cucumber. So, we, yeah, we took care of our guests who came to the shower. We sure did, and it was a lot of fun. I was glad they were dressed casually because it was a kind of a sultry day, mm -hmm. um, and they were out on the... Uh, west porch in the afternoon, which means they were getting a full dose of sunshine yeah. out there. But everybody seemed to be able to enjoy it and yeah, I think so. have a good time. And I know I had a good time. Of course, I was not really uh, an official guest. Uh, this is a females only event. But typically. you helped park cars. You helped everybody. I helped park get cars, situated. and I, you know, sort of flitted in and out, saying hello to people. But uh, clearly, and uh, 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 Second-class attendee. <laughs> we let you come in at the end. So Had the opportunity to reflect uh, a few days ago on what it's going to take for us to get good at this. And I uh, posted this on the... This being farming. At this being farming. And I posted something on the site, which I'll link to on the show notes page. But the gist of it is... There's a theory that you need to practice something about 10,000 hours to get decently good at it. Hmm. Um, and on that scale, that means you and I are marking our calendars for May of 2014. Because <laughs> that's yes. when we're going to be decent at subsistence farming. 
But uh, so I look forward to that. I guess that gives me something to look forward to about getting a little older. It gives uh, me something I'll be good to look forward something. to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sort of anxious to get to that point where we can say, well, this is um, this is that learning curve we talked about. We, we're looking at it in the rearview mirror. Yeah, yeah. But right now, I think we're doing okay with, with some of the late harvest that's coming in. I'm feeling I encouraged even about what happened this year. I feel very encouraged. I'm proud of you. I know this has been an extraordinarily stressful day for you, dealing with the hacking and so forth. But in general, you're doing a great job with the farming task here, and um, I just couldn't be happier with what we're able to produce so All far. Right. Well, that's thank you for saying that. And I should note that we now have some tomatoes on the vine out there. That How look about that? Quite promising. Which will be our best tomato yield of the season. We've not had tomatoes at all until now right, to speak to of. to speak of. I mean, yeah, we've, nothing worth We've had, you know, one or two yeah. here and there, but they were beat up and eaten up and That's right. just looked real sad. But mm -hmm. um, now here in late October... We're seeing some decent tomatoes. That's right. So uh, we're, we, we're hopeful. And, of course, I, we had our first collards last night. We actually ate some collards for supper that we have under the row cover. Uh, and they were the good. They I was glad you were great. able to harvest those. I know. Looking and forward of, to many more. Yeah, and I had some arugula and some Swiss chard from the garden last night and a salad. So, you know, life life's not altogether bad. I just, last night I didn't foresee what was happening going to happen today with this Gmail thing, but... Uh, so, you know, I just got to think it will come down okay on the other side. Well, I went out and watered the humanure compost. The regular kitchen compost is in smaller quantities, so watering it is mainly a, an issue of just pouring a water can on it every now and then, and I do that. But the humanure compost pile is further away from where we live, and therefore I don't get out there as much. And it's also bigger. There's more matter in the humanure right, compost right. pile. So I decided um, the other day, you know, I may need to water that a little bit. Well, I started off with the hose because I figured it was probably dry. I had no idea how much water it would take. Yeah. I ended up, I'm guessing now, putting somewhere between 100 and 120 gallons of water into a compost pile that couldn't be more than a yard or so. Really, really. Um, Talk and, a little bit about that. And um, and you're going to try to go close yeah, some windows. Yeah, we've got some uh, storm problems here, so I might be signing off, but we'll see. <laughs> While Amanda goes to close some doors and secure some things against the storm, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the critter inside the deer fence. We discovered a few days ago that we had what we now think is an armadillo inside the deer fence. That means they, he's burrowed in. He's a pest, so I'm going to call him a male, even though we don't have any indication whether it's a female or a male. And what we've agreed to do is to order two traps um, that are designed to hold an armadillo, we will set them up. And the way you set up an armadillo trap is you don't try to provide bait that, that lures the armadillo in. Instead, you figure out where the armadillo is traveling and just set up boards. And the armadillo is almost blind and will just sidle along those boards and work his way in. And so if you have boards that sort of 
uh, converge on the trap, pretty soon the armadillo is going to wander into the trap. So that's um, the, the plan we have. And of course, once we get the armadillo in the trap, we can't take the armadillo and release him elsewhere. That is a violation of Alabama law because of the risk of spreading disease in an unfortunate manner. So once the armadillo's in the trap, we're going to kill him, uh, most likely with a shotgun. So that's the, that's the plan for our critter inside the fence, and we'll keep you posted on that. Most uh, interesting podcast, a uh, little bit broken up here by hacking and storms, but such as it is, that's the news from Longleaf Breeze this week. Have a good week. We'll look forward to visiting with you soon. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the Daily Farm Log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.